Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Enjoy basketball, soccer, and all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using bonus code CHAMPION and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Plus, when you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. Download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code CHAMPION and place your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Now you're winning with the king of sportsbooks. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. and Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. The I didn't realize you liked me that way deal. Because it's one thing to receive McDonald's, but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you McDonald's breakfast still hot in the bag. Appreciate you. There's a deal for every morning. Now grab two loaded sausage burritos for only three bucks. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and get started with today's special podcast. I don't know, maybe it's special, maybe it's not. It's our third Wednesday in a row, so it it diminishes in its specialness each week. But we will not be here next week, next Wednesday anyway. So I guess it's kind of special because it's our last one for several weeks. But hello and welcome to the Miller Frost Show. I am your host, and I guess today... I will be America's most beloved self-loathing homosexual. Normally, I'm just a bad gay, but today I'll ramp it up just a little bit. Here, as always, with my fake black friend, White Boy Malcolm X. And I still, still can't believe, even though there's beer in the fridge, there's vodka in the freezer, and there's snacks in the cabinet, you are still here again, your third Wednesday in a row. So welcome back, sir. And before I forget... You can always get hold of me a couple different ways. My email address is miller at millerfrostonline.com. You can try me on Twitter, although I am suspended from Twitter for the remainder of the week, and I'll get to that in a second. But my handle at Twitter is at millerfrostshow, and I actually just went on to Parler. I had an account there, but I've never used it. So I've been playing around with that this week since Twitter gave me a timeout, and my handle on on Parler is at millerfrost. And yes, I was suspended. What happened, I will tell you what happened. I will just, I will confess. This is the confessional here. I I called Joe Biden's son, Hunter, a Chinese whore or a whore to China. I can't remember the exact language. And they deemed that at Twitter, hateful conduct. And they suspended me for an entire week for calling Hunter Biden 
a you know a Chinese whore. And he is a Chinese whore. That's the worst part about it. Those vicious, nasty queens at Twitter. And screw you, by the way, suspending me for a week. I'm sure there's a lot more hateful things that are said out there that are not suspended. I tell you what, if I had called Melania Trump a whore, you know, they would have given me the blue check mark. <laughs> I would have, they would have like ramped me up to VIP status. But no, I call Hunter Biden, the, the crackhead um, or ex-crackhead, depending on, on the day, um, a Chinese whore. And I got a timeout, another hobo jack timeout for me. Oh, well, I don't really care. Hey, Parler, I'm getting used to the app now that I know how to use it. Um, and navigate around. I'm getting slightly, slightly better uh, with that. So hopefully I'll be able to post a little bit more on there and uh, get it ramped up. And I don't know what I'll do with Twitter. I may keep it just because it's it seems to be the more popular platform and I can kind of bounce back and forth between the two. But White Boy Malcolm X, before I start this program, Sunday show was an hour and 20 minutes. Epic fail on your part. So I, we got done and I'm like, holy crap, do we just I was talking a mile a minute there, so we got a lot of we got a lot of good stuff there. Don't get me wrong; I, th- I thought it was a good show, but it was just a very long show. So I'm not planning on going an hour and twenty minutes there. I hope to only go. I'd like to keep this at forty five, sir. So uh, if you don't mind using your watch, I would greatly appreciate it. And in that case, since we are trying to be time sensitive today, let's go ahead and jump into today's program. Yes, the gay stuff is first, and here it is. This is from the Daily Wire, and the headline. Marvel Comics, Star-Lord is a polyamorous bisexual. (laughs) They did this just to get at me because I've been making fun of them for all this crap. Anyway, let's find out about Star-Lord, who apparently will do anyone like any bisexual. Space adventurer Peter Quill, a.k.a. Star-Lord, is shown in a polyamorous bisexual relationship in the latest issue of the Guardians of the Galaxy comic reports Entertainment Weekly. So if you are in your late 20s to mid 30s and you live in your mother's basement, it's probably this this article is just for you. <laughs> God. Comic books, mercy. In an adventure titled I Shall Make You a Star-Lord, Guardians of the Galaxy number 9 finds Quill spending almost 150 years in a strange land named Morinus where he befriends a pair of humanoids the female Aradia and the male Moors eventually entering into a relationship with both of them around the 12-year mark. So he was doing them for, for quite a long time. And if I'm mispronouncing these names to all you comic book nerds out there having a rage fit in your mother's basement, well, I tell you what, go yell at me at Twitter because I'm not going to see it for a week. Quill makes his love for both characters known when he says, It's been over a decade, time to accept the truth. Morinus is my home, you're my home. Oh my, my mercy. He is a bisexual. Entertainment Weekly reached out to Marvel Studios to see if Quill's bisexuality will in any way be incorporated into the film series starring Chris Pratt, whose love for the character Gamora, played by Zoe Saldana, has served as the main plot point. Last year, the Marvel movie franchise announced it would be breaking new ground by not only featuring the first openly gay superhero, but also the franchise's first gay kiss in The Eternals. You want to know about that? The gay kiss in a Marvel film, White Boy Malcolm X. Okay, hold on a second. There, I just had to bang my head into the desk very briefly. It's a beautiful, very... Oh, God, you really going to make me read this? For Christmas sake. It's a beautiful, very moving kiss at actor Haas Sleeman, who I've never heard of. 
everyone cried on set. It's like that football team of little bitches that cried when that um, that kicker kicked a crappy football, that soccer chick. For me, it's very important to show how loving and beautiful a queer family can be. Brian Tyree Henry, who I've never heard of either, is such a tremendous actor and brought so much beauty into this part. And at one point, I saw a child in his eyes, and I think, okay, I am done with that. When Brian saw a child in his eyes, I am am done. But, no, I do have one question before I wrap this up. I'm not reading any more of that stupid thing about the, the Eternals gay kiss. I wonder, White Boy Malcolm X, two, two points. Number one, is this, because Chris Pratt, I wouldn't quite call him a, a conservative, but I don't think he's a flaming leftist like a lot of them are out there. Do you think this is kind of a dig at him? That's, that's what I was thinking, too. And the other thing is, I wonder, because... There are no gay... You only got one gay character in, in Marvel. And you know, folks, that now that Hollywood kind of has these new diversity quotas, we have got to keep those queens with clipboards happy. So maybe this is a way to get even pumping even more diversity into the Guardians of the Galaxy or that whatever that Marvel franchise that has all those fanboys doing whatever in their mother's basement. I wonder, <laughs> these queens... How many of these characters are are gay or bisexual. Do you have any transgenders on this set? Oh, that's a, that's, a, that's a black mark on them. And I don't mean that in a racist way. I'm just saying. I'll get done with that stupid story. Okay, this is kind of a follow-up story to the legs in the air party, which sounds like every party in Brussels, Belgium, but this is a special party. It was a gay sex party and some Hungarian MP got busted at the legs in the air party and he got arrested or fined or something like that. And so now in Hungary, where I guess apparently half of this political party (laughs) goes to Belgium and and has gay sex parties, but they're still radically anti-gay. But let's find out more about that. Hungary MPs approve package of anti-LGBTQ measures. And I suspect it's to help keep keep them behaving. So they're like, if I vote if I vote for this, then I probably won't fly to to Belgium and and go into another legs in the air party. Hungarian MPs on Tuesday approved a package of so this is like this is fresh news, folks. I mean, this is like a day old. Hungarian MPs on Tuesday approved a package of new measures targeting the country's beleaguered LGBTQ community. The government's latest salvo in defense of traditional values. One law overwhelmingly passed by MPs loyal to the nationalist, culturally conservative government of Prime Minister Viktor Orban effectively bars same-sex couples from adopting children by restricting the adoption to married couples. Exceptions to the ban will have to be approved by the Minister for Family Affairs. The government has sharpened its anti-LGBTQ rhetoric in recent months, with Orban commenting in October that homosexuals should leave our children alone when discussing a row over a children's book containing gay characters. Mr. Orban, you better clean up your own house, sir, before you start complaining about someone else's. And if you want to talk about anyone leaving our children alone, sir, you need to talk to American school teachers. <laughs> and and a 32-year-old chick in, um, in, in England who likes to bang 14-year-olds. But you need to talk to America. You need to come over to the U.S. if you can get a travel visa get, to get in here. And you need to lecture at the, uh, the National Teachers Association because those ladies at high school are horny for the boys. 
On Tuesday, MPs also approved a change to the Constitution reading, the mother is a woman, the father is a man. The government explained the change by saying new ideological processes in the West made it necessary to protect children against possible ideological or biological interference. The same amendment defines children's sex as that assigned to them at birth and ensures the upbringing of children according to Hungary's Christian culture. On second thought, Mr. Orban, you better not come here because those transgenders are going to whip your ass right after you get out of that plane and get through uh, customs. In 2018, a government decree effectively banned universities from teaching courses on gender studies. Now you're really in trouble. Government spokesman Zoltan Kovacs said that the Constitution now protects families and children in a unique way, even in Europe, adding that it would ensure children's undisturbed development. Okay, well, you kids have fun with that, but I am done. But it's good to see that they're just as big a hypocrites in Hungary as they are here. Next story. This is from the Post Millennial, and here's the headline. Transgender activists call for all children to be put on puberty blockers. Hmm. This is probably a reaction to the British High Court basically saying that you can't be four years old and decide you're a different gender and want to take those pills anymore. You, uh, you have to be, I think, 16 or something. This is probably what this is about. But let's find out. Transgender extremist activists, which frankly to me sounds a little bit redundant, are calling for all children to be put on puberty blockers because if children can't consent to puberty blockers, which pause any permanent changes, even with the relevant professional evaluation, how can they consent to the permanent and irreversible changes that come with their own puberty with no professional evaluation whatsoever? That sounds like, well, if I can't play with my toys, you're not going to play with your toys. Mm. According to her YouTube page, Lauren McNamara, better known online as Zinnia Jones or simply ZJ, is an atheist American YouTuber. Zinnia is openly transgender and has been on hormone replacement therapy since September 2012. She also writes for Free Thought Blogs. Her blog, Gender Analysis, launched in 2014 exploring transgender science and life experiences in depth and revealing the many insights to be found at their intersection. So I'm assuming White Boy Malcolm X, what she's saying, or he's saying, I don't know what, there's seven genders now, folks. We, we talked about it, and if you're like, seven genders, what the hell are you talking about, Miller? Uh, the article we read on Sunday, they, they, what are the seven genders? you got male, and you got female, and you've got transgender, and then you've got, oh crap, I didn't write all these down, agender, and yes, questioning is one, that is correct, and I don't know what the other two are, but yes, you can have a questioning gender. <laughs> asexual, all, all sorts of things. I mean, like I said on Sunday, you know, the good old days, you could just wake up and go, I'm a guy or I'm a girl, and that was okay. But the kids these days, this new, these new generations are like, well, I want to be more special than that. I don't want to be a boy, and I don't want to be a girl. I want to be everything. I want to be one one day and one the other. And then you have to call me by my special pronouns. Me, 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 me. Bunch of spoiled brats. So I guess what these transgender extremist activists, which, like I said before, is kind of a redundancy, are saying that we should block all puberty for all children because they can't get their way. No one should get their way. I, this is this is just childish. That's a stupid Zinnia Jones. CJ, grow up. Act like a, I don't know, whatever the hell you are. Yes, I'm cranky today. I'm. It's Wednesday. It's hump day. Oh, happy hump day, everyone. 
I don't know why you make me do the gay stories first. They get me all riled up. They're going after Chris Pratt's character on uh, on the stupid Marvel comics. You've got these hypocritical Hungarian MPs, and and now you've got some transgender complaining that uh, all kids should be on puberty blockers because because they can't get their way to having some kids go on puberty blockers because they think they're a different gender. And we don't know what gender because apparently there are seven genders I got to deal with now. I got to memorize them and then everyone's stupid, funky pronouns. And now I got this story from the sun. And here's the... (laughs) No, folks, I'm not in a bad mood. I'm kind of just... I'm getting warmed up here. I don't know why I do these stories first. They're just frustrating. But I'm going to get them out of the way and then we've got some good fun stuff. Coming up soon in our shortened... This be, White Boy Malcolm X, this damn well better not be over an hour. I'm telling you that much. Here's the headline on, on this dumpster fire of a story. Mum of boy who went to school dressed as Elsa from Frozen slams critics. And this kind of reminds me of the story we had about the that uh, drag queen child. <laughs> that wanted... The kid, little boy, wanted to be a drag queen at eight years old and... And then the father was like, oh, my God, what the hell's going on? But then the father came around and by now the kid's like 11. He's like the, like the best drag queen, the best prepubescent drag queen in uh, in England. And the father's out there buying the kid dresses. But the kid, problem with the father buying the kid all the dresses and stuff, the kid looks like a cheap hooker. <laughs> Dad's like, I need something to look like a hooker because I'm not looking at your mom. And she's not like that. So here, someone in the house got to look good. Anyway, let's let's find out about this little drag child. A mom who sent her son to school dressed as Elsa from Disney's Frozen has lashed out at playground critics. Samantha Shepard, 29, says Jake, 6. So this is a 6-year-old drag queen, insisted on wearing his sister's full-length blue princess dress to his class Christmas party. But other kids laughed, with one lad saying, Why is that boy in a dress? Some parents even labeled her a bad mother. Teaching assistant Samantha from Walsall West Mids was upset by the attacks and said there is still a massive stigma around what's gender appropriate. Well, Samantha, what gender are you talking about? We got seven of them now. I received a couple of nasty comments and one woman told me I was the worst mother in the world because now my son was going to get bullied. If he gets bullied, it's the fault of other parents who don't educate their children to know anyone can wear anything. Okay, Samantha, you say so. Have your kids show up in, you know, panties and a bra one day. And then scream at the parents because their kids, <laughs> kids are laughing at your dope son, six years old, wants to wear a dress. And, um, and you're blaming everyone else for the issue. Again, another one I got. Look at your own house. Don't, don't complain about anyone else. Jake had borrowed the dress from eldest sister Ashley, 11, for the Christmas bash at Bentley West Primary School. Sam, who with husband David... And this picture of this poor husband, white boy Malcolm X. Folks, this poor guy, he looks shell-shocked. He's probably like, how the hell did I get roped into this crap? Now I'm in the news and I got a six-year-old boy like wearing his little princess dress. What the hell has my life turned into? Anyway, Sam, who with husband David, who was shell-shocked as all can be, also has daughter Mia, nine, said he was adamant he wanted to wear the dress. He walked into class and the kids laughed, but he said he'd wear what he wanted. I thought, go on, son, and I was immensely proud and nearly cried. I bet the father did, too. Enough with that. You kids have fun in England. Mercy me. Okay, good lord. How many gay stories do I got? I want this one. Oh, and then I got a bridge story. It's it's gay, but it's also race-related. Race so here, here's, how's this headline for you, White Boy Malcolm X? Hold on. 
Yes, my head is in the desk again. Family with three dads on child's birth certificate open up about the parenting thruple. I have heard the word thruple, folks, way too much, way too much this year. Was it this year that we had the congresswoman and she was in a thruple? I don't know. That, that, that word, that's when thruple became a, a, a big word, but now we've got it out again because now there are three dads on one birth certificate. Let's find out more about this thruple. A family who created legal history after being allowed to name three dads on the same birth certificate has spoken about life as a thruple. Well, good for you. Dr. Ian Jenkins, 45, and I wonder if he's a doctor like Joe Biden is a doctor, and his partner Alan Mayfield and Jeremy Allen Hodges became the first polyamorous family in California when a judge agreed they could all be named as the dads of daughter Piper. I can't believe white boy Malcolm X that they are the first. 2020 is the year 2020, COVID year, and they are the first thruple in California to be on on a birth certificate. I figure they would have done that decades ago. The ruling in 2017, oh, this happened a couple years ago, paved the way for other polyamorous families to gain greater legal recognition in the U.S. Piper is now three, and the thruple also... (laughs) Don't make me say this word anymore. Also have a 14-month-old son, Parker. Both children were born using an egg donor and a surrogate, and they are half-siblings. Ian and Alan have been together for 17 years with Jeremy, who is a zookeeper, joining them eight years ago. And I wonder if he knows the Tiger Queen. Ian and Alan were unsure whether they wanted children. Well, I don't know why that's the case, White Boy Malcolm X. I mean, they've got a cat boy. <laughs> they got Jeremy. They got like a, like a little pet came home about eight years ago. They're like, oh, we'll keep the zookeeper. But when Jeremy came along, they started to discuss it. <laughs> Blaming Jeremy for this, I see. Let's blame the Kep boy. And they were offered embryos by a female friend, Megan. A different friend then offered to be surrogate for the embryos. After That is a lot of movement of those eggs. <laughs> Taking them out of one, putting them in another. After Piper's birth, the dads appealed to the local San Diego judge, who had initially refused to add them all to the certificate, claiming she was unable to set a precedent. But she looked at options available and found a way to use existing laws to make legal history. And that is what judges do these days. Their children have different names for them, with Ian being known as Papa, Alan is Dada, and Jeremy is called Daddy. And let's be frank, I think Ian should be Daddy. Ian or Alan should be Daddy, and Jeremy should be Boy. Ian, a specialist in hospital medicine and a university professor, describes their family as just three tame, regular people who spend a lot of time talking about what to have for dinner. You see these three queens at home. White boy Malcolm X, mercy. He has now written a book about their family life called Three Dads and a Baby to give a greater insight into their domestic setup. The book will tell the story of their unusual family and will offer parenting advice and tips. So folks, if you if you want to know more about thruppling and having kids and getting all the names on the birth certificates, you should buy this book. <laughs> Here, I'll give him a I'll give him a cheap plug. Here, where is it? His book will be published in March of next year. So a belated Christmas gift to someone. Anyway, then. Okay, I'm done with those. I'm gonna get out of the gay stuff because it's frustrating as all hell, white boy Malcolm X. Here's the Breitbart story, and here's the headline. Wanda Sykes, if you voted for Trump, there is a racist bone in your body. Though Joe Biden has publicly said that it's time to heal in America. And uh, two things, creepy Uncle Joe. One, your son is a Chinese whore, and I don't care what Twitter thinks. And number two, that is not working out too well for you. 
Time to Heal in America is not working out if I've got to read an article like this. Anyway, picking back up, actress Wanda Sykes, who is yet another actress with her career on the decline, similar to Deborah Messing, we discussed on Sunday's podcast, said she is praying for all Trump supporters because those who voted to reelect President Donald Trump are all somewhat racist, even if they don't realize it. Here's the tweet. If you voted for Trump, there is a racist bone in your body, Wanda Sykes wrote. It might be in your pinky toe, but it's there, praying for you. Well, thank you, Wanda. That's mighty white of you. The Blackish Star's comments come after Trump increased all vote share with practically every ethnic minority, including blacks, Latinos, Jews, and Muslims, who are all, let's face it, folks, self-loathing. The 56-year-old actress is well-known for her rantings against Trump and conservatives, which I'm going to assume is a part of Joe Biden's Time to Heal in America initiative. Last year, Sykes called the president a lying mother effer in September 2018. She's she's a charming one with that mouth. In September 2018, her anti-Trump jokes during a routine in New Jersey led to more than a dozen angry fans booing and eventually walking out of the show. And I suspect they are all white supremacists who were not happy with her. What do you expect, she declared at the time. I'm a black lesbian. Yes, we know, dear. Yes, we know. I think white boy Malcolm X, I think she's probably a little jealous of, oh God, this is the BLM chick, that angry lesbian, what's her name? Uh, Patrice Coolers. Uh, I think she's kind of like, well, I want to be the angriest lesbian in America. So she's getting in all on Patrice's action. Well, let me tell you something uh, there, Wanda. Patrice is on the upside and you are on the downside because Patrice is making huge bank selling that BLM racism shtick. And you, I don't know what you're doing these days other than making an ass of yourself. Done with that. Let's move right into race. How's this for a headline? This is from Judicial Watch. Ex-con hired by DC as violence interrupter, arrested, charged with murder. Well, that doesn't sound too good. In a curious twist, a reformed criminal hired, (laughs) not so much, hired by the District of Columbia's chief legal officer to help curb violence has been arrested and charged with murder. The case involved, I wonder, White Boy Malcolm X, I wonder if this is like like job security. Like if you work in human resources, you're the biggest gossip in the office. (laughs) Because the more employee relations issues you have, the, the more job security you got. So this guy, he's a violence interrupter. He's like, crap, if, there's, if I interrupt too much violence, I'm going to be out of a job. I got to get in there and cause a little bit more trouble. I guess he got caught, though. The case involves a taxpayer-funded public safety program known as Cure the Streets, launched by D.C. Attorney General Carl Racine to reduce gun violence by treating it as a disease that can be interrupted and stopped from spreading. Cure the Streets typically hires men and women with criminal histories as violence interrupters because they know firsthand about the challenges that residents of crime-infested communities live with. Racine, who was re-elected to a second term in 2018, says the transformed criminals hired by his program perform community-driven public safety work that can avoid using police, except in this instance. Here's how they carry out the task, according to Racine's office by interrupting potentially violent conflicts because they have relationships and influences within targeted neighborhoods. Violence interrupters engage with the community to learn about brewing conflicts and resolve them peaceably before they interrupt and violence the program website states. So you, got, you know where they needed these white boy Malcolm X? We had a story a couple weeks ago, folks. There was a um, like a DoorDash delivery or a, what is it, the Uber Eats or something delivery. And I think it was in Chicago or Detroit. And so the woman got home and the neighbor was, they got in a, in a fight, and the woman pulled out a gun, and the neighbor pulled out a hammer, and then the gun went off and shot the baby that was in, 
still in the car. I think the baby's fine, so I'm not laughing. At, I'm not laughing at the baby being shot. I'm laughing at these two idiots with a gun and a hammer. But a violence interrupter could have been like, Hello, I am the violence interrupter. Ma'am, ma'am, can you put down that weapon? And ma'am, can you put down that hammer? I am here to interrupt this, this amount of violence that's about to ensue. Please stop. That's what I picture it as. You know, they probably would have shot him. <laughs> Those two women were going to go at it. So she would have, one of them would have hit him over the head with a hammer, and the other one would have shot him. And so no more violence interrupter up there. God. Okay, let's, let's find out about this case, though. Police say Wynn fatally shot a 53-year-old man named Eric Linnaer Wright in 2017 near the Trinidad neighborhood in Northeast Washington. The violence interrupter, who didn't interrupt violence but brought it himself, was identified by multiple witnesses after viewing security camera footage from nearby homes, according to police. So there you go, folks. There you go. We have murdering violence interrupters in D.C. Well, that's, that's typical D.C. for you. Our nation's capital, and it is a dump. This is from a website called Just the News, and here is the headline. Oregon wants to deny $62 million in COVID relief to residents who aren't black, sparking a lawsuit. A lawsuit alleges the Oregon Legislature Emergency Board acted unconstitutionally when it declared that $62 million of a $200 million government fund to help small businesses hit by COVID-19 could only go to Black-owned businesses or Black families. Maria Garcia, owner of the Revolucion Coffee House in Portland, which apparently has not burned to the ground like a lot of other things in Portland, applied for some of that $62 million allotment called the Oregon Cares Fund, but was denied because she doesn't identify as Black. And this place, identified as Black, is capitalized because the folks at Oregon Cares Fund knows how to capitalize that beat. Under the program, black families are reportedly eligible for up to $3,000 and black-owned businesses for up to $100,000 in government funds. She was reportedly denied relief because her business does not meet the criteria because 0% of its owners identify as black, prompting Garcia to sue in federal court, arguing the 14th Amendment's Equal Protection Clause has been violated. Well, this is very simply resolved. Maria, Maria, if you are listening to this show, I have, I have a suggestion for you. I would just identify as black. If you can identify as one of, say, seven genders, I would just, I've, I'm literally, how many white people have we read about on this show who have been, have been, um, have been fake black? We've got, uh, Rachel Doyen was one. That's the name that pops in my head. We've had a couple other stories. And, I'm, and, and Maria, I am literally at this instant looking at a fake black right now. So you, I would just redo that and say I'm black. And if they, they say, Maria, you don't appear black, I would call them a racist and say, I identify as black, I am black. Just like all, all those other ladies that are doing, doing it, getting in on it. So go get your money, Maria. Uh, and I would change Garcia because that might give you away a little bit. But I would just, I would go in there, maybe wear like a, a BLM hat or uh, what is it? All Cops Are Bastards, A-C-A-B, like an A-C-A-B t-shirt. They'll, they'll give you the whole $62 million. It's Oregon. Good God. That state, there, there's got to be a West Coast pissing contest. <laughs> Who can be the most screwed up? Because every, every day, it's like something out of, out of Oregon or Washington or California. The nutty up and down the coast. Here is another race story, and here's the headline. Ilan Omar, I, I don't even know how to pronounce this chick's name. I think she's in the squad. 
uh, I-L-H-A-N. I, I don't think I've ever heard her name pronounced. Ilan Omar, whatever. Progressives don't have a big enough seat at the table with the Biden team. And uh, the only thing, I don't know how to pronounce her first name, but I do know she's the one with like the brother husband or I don't know. She's married to some guy that, you know, might be uh, a f- close familiar relationship. But I guess we don't want to um, to judge alternative lifestyles, do we? She's married and doing her brother. You enjoy that, honey. You enjoy that. Shortly after the November election, Senator Bernie Sanders, a one-time rival of Joe Biden in the bid for the 2020 Democratic presidential nomination, urged Biden not to forget about so-called progressives when choosing his potential White House team. During an interview with CNN that aired Sunday, network anchor Anna Cabrera asked Representative Omar, an ideological ally of Sanders, if she thought Sanders was correct in saying he did not think the progressive movement has enough big seats at the table with the Biden team. I do, Omar replied, and this is, you know, what we have been saying and asking for. We worked diligently in trying to make sure that the people understood that it was important for us to get rid of Trump, but to have someone who was going to be a partner with us in governing for progress in our country, and we continue to be hopeful in having that partnership as we have governed on behalf of our country. She has said overall she was not unhappy with any of Biden's picks so far. You know, holistically, I am not, she continued. I think that they have been quite diligent in putting together a really well-thought-out transition team. I'd like to know what drug she's on. And we, did you see White Boy Malcolm X? Pete Buttigieg, whatever his name is, that queen, they named they named her the uh, Transportation <laughs> Secretary. God. What does she know about the highway system? Nothing. Probably rest stops or something. <laughs> I don't know. That's going to be a mess. Anyway, picking back up. And we continue to see what comes out of the next couple of weeks as they solidify that list. And we will continue to push and make sure that our asks are clear and concise. So if she wants to get paid, if she's using the word asks. So speaking of people who want to sit down with creepy Uncle Joe, how's this for show me the money? This is from CNS News. Asian Americans want one or more unfilled Biden cabinet posts. Now I'm starting to feel bad for creepy Uncle Joe. This checklist of how many vaginas and penises and sexual identities and and skin tones and races and all this other crap they got to factor in. Not are they actually qualified to do the job? I'm sure he's like, okay, where are we going to put that queen, Pete Buttigieg? <laughs> I just give him transportation. Who gives a crap? Just give him something, and then we'll, we got to figure out where the Asians go, and then you know all the progressives and Bernie's caucus. We got to loop those nut jobs in too. So let's find out about this. On the day the Electoral College formally elected Joe Biden as the next president of the United States. <laughs> God, hold on. Head in the desk again. Asian American activists reiterated their concern that he has not yet nominated a member of the Asian American and Pacific Islander community for a secretary level post in his cabinet. Echoing rumblings that have been heard for weeks, the Asian American Federation posted a series of tweets calling on Biden to rectify the situation, arguing that AAPIs are the fastest-growing racial and ethnic group in the country, and two out of three of us voted for you. Representation matters, and AAPI deserve a seat at the leadership table, it said, citing analysis from Democrat data-crunching firm Target Smart, saying that in all the battleground states, the AAPI community led the way in increased voter turnout. And we won't say anything about all those extra ballots. 
Even Trump had two AAPI cabinet picks, Asian American Federation noted, a reference to Transportation Secretary Elaine Chao, and former ambassador to the UN Nikki Haley, whose position was a cabinet level one. And everyone knows, folks, that Trump was a racist, so if he can put two of them in there, Biden's got to put at least four or five. It suggested that Biden give the post of Labor Secretary to Julie Hsu, currently California Secretary of Labor and Workforce Development and one of the country's fiercest advocates for low-wage workers. Just what we need here. Biden has pledged to build a diverse administration, one that looks like America, but thinks like Bernie Sanders, a phrase that has appeared in virtually every transition team announcement of appointees and nominees since the election. And on that note, I'm done with that. I don't know what to say. Joe, you have fun making everyone happy in all those different coalitions. But I would say in in Creepy Uncle Joe's defense, you know, his son Hunter is, this is going to get Twitter really angry, but his son Hunter is a little bitch for China. (laughs) He has given his son as a a basically a... um, whatever, to China. So I don't know what they're complaining about. He's he's done a lot. And he will continue to do a lot for China because that's what they gave all that money for. Here's another article. This is from Gateway Pundit and makes me so glad that I left LA about 11 years ago. Newly elected Los Angeles DA says he will no longer prosecute trespassing, drug possession, drinking in public, resisting arrests, among other crimes. George Gascon was previously the DA of San Francisco and absolutely turned that place into a hellhole. Yes, he did. Last time I was in San Francisco, it did stank like urine and there were dirty needles everywhere. And you read that in the news and you're like, oh, seriously, how, how bad can that be? Trust me, folks, I was there. Man, it stank like a, like a truck stop. Gascon's progressive programs caused a historic surge in crime. And during his tenure, San Francisco's property crime rate spiked a whopping 37%. According to the San Francisco Chronicle, in 2017, San Fran reported over 31,000 car break-ins, the worst year on record. Now Gascon is going to destroy what's left of Los Angeles, a city already struggling with authoritarian lockdowns and record number of homeless people. I recognize that these are big changes, but they are changes that will enable us to actually affect the truly vulnerable, Gascon said. The money bail system is unsafe as it is unjust, Gascon said. Oh, this, they're turning into New York. The rich can be dangerous while the poor impose zero threat to society. The amount of money a person has in their bank account does not determine the danger they pose to their community, he added. So here are the changes. If you live in L.A., think about getting out. This is what you get to look forward to. End of cash bail by January. A conviction integrity unit. No death penalty. Felony charging, no longer seeking enhancements such as gang affiliation. I wonder, though, I wonder, White Boy Malcolm X, if they will, if they will not seek an enhancement for a hate crime, because I, I cannot, I cannot see those leftists in in California not wanting, not getting the right to charge you with a, a hate crime. Like if you look at a, a minority the wrong way, they're going to charge you with whatever and and a hate crime on top of that. That's how they roll out there. Number five, juveniles will not be tried as adults. And number six, use of force review board to reopen fatal officer-involved shooting cases going back to 2012. Man, they are looking, looking to just completely implode that area of the state. Good job there, folks. Good job.
Okay, well, these are the fun stories, but this one's not so fun. But it, hey, this is this the show is about kind of odds and ends news stories, and so this is not a funny story. But I saw the story, I was like, holy crap, it's an interesting story. This is from the Mirror, and here's the headline: Teenager stabbed his mom 118 times before telling police to bring a body back. And I know that teenagers sometimes hate their mothers. But if you got to stab her 118 times, man, that is not just she grounded you for a week. A teenager killed his own mom by stabbing her 118 times before calling police to tell them they should arrest him and bring a body back. Rowan Thompson, 17, said he had killed mom Joanna by strangling her and then stabbed her before putting the knife in the dishwasher and making himself some lunch in the inquest was told. Well, that is one screwed up kid. When a police constable arrived and told Thompson he was being arrested on suspicion of murder, the teenager laughed and said, I think it is more than suspicion. (laughs) He admitted manslaughter at Winchester Crown Court, but denied murder. Okay, then. An inquest into his mother's death today, Heard Thompson had reassigned his gender to having no sexuality. Oh, there we go. Here we go. Now, I wonder this story wound up in my pile. So I've got a kid who stabs his mother 118 times, but I can't say he because I don't know what his gender is. It? I don't know. They? They. That's what we... Oh, God. It's like um, Sam Smith funky pronouns. So this kid is an emu kid or whatever. No sexuality. God. Oh, my God. Oh, it's another one. So a kid with no sexuality... And we know, folks, that there are seven genders now. No sexuality stabbed his mother 118 times. Hmm. I wonder if that has anything to do with it. A home office pathologist, Dr. Basil Perdue, found 50-year-old Mrs. Thompson had been strangled with such ferocity that her voice box was fractured and she suffered pinpoint hemorrhages leading to bleeding in her eyes and face. Some 10 to 15 minutes after rendering his mother unconscious by strangling her, Thompson had taken a knife and stabbed her 118 times to the forehead, neck, and left arm, where some of the stab wounds formed a pattern the inquest heard. The main focus of the boy's stabbing frenzy was Mrs. Thompson's neck, where he had severed her jugular artery, the coroner said. So there's that. Hmm. Kid with no gender stabs his mother 118 times. I don't believe in coincidences. A lot of those kids are just screwed up. Here's another sad story, and how's this for a headline? Families watch in horror as Lion's Mall escaped monkey to death on Safari Park visit. Children and their parents watched on in horror as an endangered monkey was brutally mauled to death by lions at a safari park. The Barbary Maquet had escaped its own reserve and climbed into the lion's den. Well, that is not a very smart monkey. I think that's called Darwin's theory. And was soon spotted by the big cats. Families at the Blair Drummond Safari Park in Stirling, Scotland, said the monkey screams could be heard across the attraction. Wow. The lions tore at its neck and limbs in full view of visitors. An eyewitness told the Daily Record, It was a large monkey and surprisingly fast, but it didn't stand a chance. The awful sound of that monkey screaming for its life will stay with us. We had hoped for a happy day out with our young child, but ended up having to explain to a toddler what had happened. Timmy, Timmy, that was just Mr. Lion being very friendly with Mr. Monkey. 
But, but Daddy, but Daddy, the monkey was bleeding. Well, I know, but that's just what's called king play, like your mother and I do. <laughs> One of the park's keepers attempted to shield the gravely injured monkey by parking his truck over the stricken body, so they drove over the monkey, white boy Malcolm X, to protect it. But a lion snatched it from under the vehicle and ran off with it, clutched in its jaws. The maquet's body was later recovered by staff at the park. A park spokesman said, We are sorry our visitors witnessed what must have been a distressing sight. You could say that again. The incident in the lion enclosure has never happened before, and we share the shock and concern this took place. I don't know about you folks, but there is one thing that could have saved that monkey at the Blair Drummond Safari Park, that dumb monkey that escaped. First thing it did was go into a lion's den. We needed the Tiger Queen. <laughs> Gets... President Trump, you have got to pardon the Tiger Queen. He needs to get up to Blair Drummond Safari Park and, and fix those lions. Poor monkey. This is our second second podcast with another weirdo Amazon driver. So last week we had an Amazon driver who decided to uh, steal 11 packages and bless his heart. Everything in all 11 of those packages didn't even add up to $300. And the, the cop sees him putting a package on the side of the road and the cop's like what are you doing and the ups driver's like i just took a poo in a box and i just tossed it away and so the police officer's like oh i gotta see the poo in the box so he goes and stumbles upon 11 boxes of stolen property so poor guy gets arrested and so i guess they're a little bit more crazy a little bit more crazy going on here and here we go how's this for a headline white boy malcolm x amazon driver busted creepily breathing on window and writing message i'm so grateful that in the Boston area, at least where I live, we don't have those kind of creepy Amazon drivers. They just come in, drop the box, off they go. He's delivering a case of the creeps. A UK Amazon driver. All this crazy coming out of uh, Great Britain. We got a, a dead monkey, and now we've got a creeper UK Amazon driver. A UK Amazon driver disturbed the internet after he was filmed breathing on a customer's window and writing a message in the water vapor deadline news reported. We just thought it was really creepy, said Jonathan Doblips from Ilkinson, Derbyshire, who noticed the strange behavior after viewing his CCTV footage. And folks, I'm sorry if I'm massacring massacring that town. Ilkinson, Derbyshire, I hope I got that correct, but if not, I'm American, we screw those things up. He later uploaded the video to Amazon's UK Facebook page with caption, Excuse me, but what is this delivery driver doing on my window? Creepy stuff. In the unsettling 36-second clip, which has been, since been removed from Facebook, the mass driver can be seen trudging up to the house's window after no one answers the door. He then proceeds to blow on the glass and uses his finger to scrawl an unseen note in the condensation. Doblips surmised that the impromptu graffiti artist was oblivious to the camera warning signs. Despite not being able to make out the steamy correspondence, the incensed homeowner deemed the act highly inappropriate. I had to play the video a few times as I felt angry that a stranger was looking into my lounge Doblips fumed. <laughs> we had to watch it a couple times, White Boy Malcolm X. I wonder if it made him a little, I don't know, what he was doing watching that. I mean, I figured once is enough for me if I watch the, the Amazon guy come up to my house and go ha, ha, on the window and start writing something on there. I think once is enough for me. This guy's watching it a couple times like a like a steamy, steamy video. It needs to go up on... Uh, you know, it could go on porn. <laughs> I know there's someone with a fetish like that. There's got to be someone like that out there. Amazon is currently investigating the bizarre incident, according to Deadline. 
We take this matter very seriously and have reached out to the customer to make this right, the eBazaar said. We have very high standards for our delivery service providers and how they serve customers. And we know that's not true, but there you go. Another creeper Amazon driver. This white boy Malcolm X, I have to say, this is a goal. I got to give a lot of respect to this woman. Listen to this headline. Ex-escort quits sex industry to travel UK reviewing pubs after partner's tragic death. Yes, yes. She quit her job and she's just going to go, she's like day drinking across 150 pubs. I got to give, that is something we should do, White Boy Malcolm X. That's something, when I retire, going to England, I'm going to booze it up. A grieving former escort has swapped her life working in the sex industry for traveling around the country in a motorhome reviewing pubs. Mother of two, Charlotte Rose, quit the industry last year after the sudden death of her partner, Colin Chapman. In an attempt to overcome the grief of losing him, she bought a 30-year-old motorhome and in October set herself a challenge, Devin Live reports. Charlotte is trying to break a Guinness World Record by visiting 150 pubs across England, Scotland, and Wales in 12 months during the coronavirus pandemic to celebrate the pub industry. I think they're all shut down. Yep, that's true. Although lockdown 2 scuppered the attempt, she is determined to carry on with her mission on a much smaller scale and is looking forward to a return to Devon next year. Charlotte has faced many mishaps, such as two wheels falling off as she was on the move. God... But she has not been deterred. Hell no. You want to go get beer at a pub? You're going even if you only got two wheels on a 30-year-old motorhome. This article, folks, this is three pages of her and her history as a as a sex worker. Here, I'll give you a little bit of a taste of her history as a sex worker. The 40-year-old was forced to leave her home in Exeter in 2014 when she was evicted by her landlord after she appeared on Channel 4 documentary, Love for Sale, presented by Rupert Everett. That queen did a Channel 4 documentary, White Boy Malcolm X, Love for Sale, and her landlord did not like that and threw her ass out. She spoke of having won the award of Sex Worker of the Year at the Sexual Freedom Awards in 2013. Hey, congratulations. And how she began her journey in the sex trade at the tender age of 17 when she agreed to take part in a dominatrix-themed photo shoot. I don't know if 17 is a tender age in Great Britain, Tender at, I figured, by 17, you're all pros at sex in England. Man, oh man. And dominatrix, what do you want to do at 17? Whips and chains, whips and chains. After delving into the world of domination, she fell pregnant and had the first of two children with her childhood sweetheart. But after the man she loved had an affair with a neighbor, their 17-year relationship broke down. So let me understand that correctly, White Boy Malcolm X. She is a sex worker makes money having sex with all kinds of guys and he goes next door to the neighbor and bops the neighbor (laughs) and she got mad okay charlotte (laughs) hey i have to say though good luck seriously in all in all in all honesty good luck with the um with the guinness world record uh attempt but just know this charlotte i'm gonna break that puppy at some point (laughs) whatever you get i'm coming right behind you and i'm gonna beat it Speaking of infidelity, this is a Page Six article. This is a New York Post gossip site article. And here's the headline here. God, we're we're almost done. Good. We're going to be on time. How's this for a headline, White Boy Malcolm X? Sia says Shia LaBeouf 
conned her into an adulterous relationship. And I have to say, love hath no fury like a woman scorned, apparently, from this article. Or queen, I have to say. Or, or queen. I don't want to be sexist about this. But I don't know what sex and <laughs> How can you be sexist if there are seven sexes? I, I just don't know. I have to figure this out at some point. Sia, who I think has had one hit. The only Sia song I know, folks, is the um, I can Breathe Me, I think it's called. And it was the um, Six Feet Under. It was an HBO show. And the series finale, I think it was the seventh season, this was, this was her, that song, Breathe Me, was played as the, as the show wound down. And they did that, was, I have to say, Six Feet Under, they did, I think, the best job of wrapping up a series that I can recall. One of the best. Uh, and if you haven't seen it, watch it. It's on HBO. It should be on HBO Max if you've got that. But let's dig in and find out about how Shia LeBeouf conned her into an adulterous relationship. Sia has claimed she was conned into an affair with pathological liar Shia LeBeouf. <laughs> yes, white boy Malcolm X. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. He's like Timothy Chalamet. But this one is Shia LeBeouf. Warning women to stay away from the very sick Hollywood star. The usually secretive. Well, she's usually secretive, folks, but today she is spilling all the beans. She's getting all that out there because she is angry at Shia LeBeouf. The usually secretive 44-year-old Australian opened up after FKA Twigs accused the Transformer star of sexual battery, assault, and infliction of emotional distress in a lawsuit. And to tell you how good a podcaster I am, I read FKA Twigs, and I'm like, what is that? So I Googled it, and it's some rock chick or something like that. FKA Twigs is what she goes by. And this is a quote from Sia, who I think has had one hit. And she is very upset. I, too, have been hurt emotionally by Shia, a pathological liar, who conned me into an adulterous relationship claiming to be single. Sia tweeted late Saturday of the actor who appeared in her video for 2015's Elastic Heart. I believe he is very sick and have compassion for him and his victims, she wrote. Just know, if you love yourself, stay safe, stay away, she said. While she did not elaborate on their adulterous relationship, Sia worked with Le Buff for her Elastic Heart, which was released in January 2015, when the actor was dating Mia Goth, whom he met in 2012. He later married Goth in a Las Vegas ceremony in 2016, streamed on TMZ. Well, what I don't understand, White Boy Malcolm X, is that, generally speaking, stars like Shia Le Buff, their exploits are generally all over the tabloids. Which I don't read. I don't know. I don't even know who this Mia Goth is. I know who he is. And I know who Sia is. But I would assume that if he's dating some other woman, she could just like pick up, I don't know, the, I don't know what they read, these People Magazine, the National Enquirer. I don't know. Go to, go to like page6.com. Go to, I don't know, Perez Hilton. Go to a celebrity gossip site and check your man out. It's, it's pretty simple there, honey, to figure out if he's dating someone else. But I guess she didn't do that, and so it's his fault. But that is that. Shia LeBeouf. God. I never have to read another article about him. It will be too soon. And this is our last story. And yes, folks, just what you've been waiting for. A smoking gun story out of Florida. Man. And I got to say, and I've said this before, but you folks in Florida, I love you to death, seriously. And you all have been... Because I do have fans in Florida. The, the podcast is downloaded regularly in Florida. And um, 
And no, it's not my mother. She doesn't live there. But, you know, you all have been just amazingly good sports and allowing me to poke fun at you. And this is going to, I don't know. Hopefully this doesn't anger you. But I do love my Florida stories. And especially I love Florida stories coming from the smoking gun. So how is this for a headline, White Boy Malcolm X? Floridian offers novel reason for carrying AR-15. Oh, I should do a trigger warning. If you are a flaming leftist and just listening to this so you can mark down all my hate speech and report it later, I'm about to talk about a gun. I'm just saying. Let's redo that headline. Florida offers novel reason for carrying AR-15. Alabama transplant has seen crazy stuff in the sunshine state. Let me just tell you, I see crazy stuff in the Sunshine State all the time, and I live in Massachusetts. And you know, when someone from Alabama <laughs> is complaining about crazy stuff in Florida, you know you got some crazy stuff. But let's find out about this crazy stuff. An intoxicated miner who was driving with a loaded AR-15 rifle in his lap Saturday evening told police he carried the assault weapon because he has seen crazy stuff since moving to Florida from Alabama, according to arrest affidavits. Police report, and I'm assuming, folks, that if you've got an assault weapon and you're carrying it around, even if you're arrested, it's it's Florida. And as I like to joke, it's probably just a misdemeanor, (laughs) like everything is in Florida. Police report that Caleb Kless, 20, was in... Look at this. Look at this dope. Got more written all over him was involved in a traffic altercation while driving his 2016 Volkswagen near his Clearwater apartment. At one point, Cleese lifted the weapon off his lap and pointed out the window, investigators charge. This put the witness in great fear, in affidavit states. So he's driving around, the gun's sticking out of the window, and someone sees it, and they were scared. Okay, got that. When police located Cleese, he was standing near his car, which was parked and running outside a launch. <laughs> I guess a liquor store wouldn't do for this one. The AR-15 was displayed carelessly and laying on the dashboard in plain view of everyone walking by the store, an officer noted. The rifle was loaded with a full magazine and a round in the chamber, police say. Cleese was highly intoxicated and took, which is fine, folks, it's Florida, and took two breath tests showing that his blood alcohol content was above the .08 limit, which is nothing. That was child's play in Florida. After being read his rights, Cleese reportedly told police that he carried the AR-15 for self-defense because he had seen crazy stuff since moving to Florida. Cleese said the AR-15 had initially been in the car's back seat, but he had turned the music up loud, I wonder if that was a Sia song, and was feeling it and moved the rifle to his lap. White Boy Malcolm X, do I want to know what he was feeling? The music, you say. Okay, I just want to to make sure what he was feeling because he's feeling something and he goes and gets the gun and puts it on his lap. So I guess he was feeling the, the rifle then on his lap. The six foot four, 240 pound Cleese, so he's a big, tall, fat, dumb kid, added that he had put the rifle in his lap because he was paranoid. Cleese was, you know what they didn't say what, before I get folks, because the end of every article on the smoking gun is the rap sheet. We'll get to that in a second. But they did not say what crazy stuff he had. Uh, maybe he was listening to this podcast. Maybe I have something to do with that. Because he was listening to this podcast, he was going and looking at the crazy stuff I was talking about, and um, went and got his AR-15. But anyway, here we go. Here is his his um, his rap sheet. Here, Cleese was charged with drunk driving, improper exhibition of a dangerous weapon, and using a firearm while under the influence. He was released early yesterday from the county jail after posting nine hundred dollars bond. 
Oh, my God. And, and on three misdemeanor charges, you cannot make that up. <laughs> so 900 bucks. You can drive around with an AR-15 in Florida drunk. You can drunk drive with a gun in your lap pointing it at people. And you got a $900 bond. And like I said, <laughs> I was joking, but seriously, three misdemeanor charges. Well, I can't top that. That's almost as good as Bud Light Mike, although nothing is as good as Bud Light Mike. Okay, we're done. We are out of here, and I God, I hope it's under an hour. Thank you so much for, for joining us on a kind of, sort of, special Wednesday podcast of the Miller Frost Show. Remember, again, as I said at the beginning of the show, you can reach me at my email, miller at millerfrostonline.com. My Twitter handle, even though I'm suspended, the account's still there. I can read Twitter. I just can't post or respond or anything like that for the next couple of days. At Miller Frost Show. My new parlor handle is at Miller Frost. And, um, and I've got a YouTube page, and I don't know what the, the name of that. Just search Miller Frost. I, I put clips from different shows up. I've only got a couple clips up there, but I'll put a couple clips up here uh, from this show as well by tomorrow if you want to just like reminisce or something. But uh, anyway, hey, thanks for joining us. We will be definitely back on, on Sunday for another special podcast. I've got Mama Frost in town next week for, for Christmas. So no Wednesday show then, but we'll be back the Sunday after Christmas as well. So hey, in the meantime... Have a great uh, rest of your week and start your weekend, and we will see you back here in a couple days. Take care. I didn't realize you liked me that way deal because it's one thing to receive McDonald's, but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you McDonald's breakfast still hot in the bag. Appreciate you. There's a deal for every morning. Now grab two loaded sausage burritos for only three bucks. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.